0: Good day, and thank you for listening to the Jeff Casella Program. I want to take this opportunity to thank each of you listening, as I'm a novice, when it comes to uh, a microphone and uh, opinions, thoughts. Today's society and today's world that we see is in utter chaos. But not all is lost. For I believe that we will soon enter into a new age, an age where Christ will come. He will fix all the problems. And he is our rock. The show that I bring you and the shows that I, I, my objective is very simple. With all the bad news, with all the economic doom and gloom, with all the mass diversity in our country, there is good news. We are blessed. And there are times where we should, as people, look around, take stock of ourselves, and look in the mirror and be thoughtful of the blessings that we have. The very basic blessing of breath who God gives us. The eyes that we see beautiful things, the ears that we hear, wonderful compliments, and the the faculties or facilities or the arms and the the legs that we have to walk to and fro, or we have those that don't have these. Yes, it's real easy to get caught up in the negative from the press. And what do we actually believe when the press writes? The truth of the matter is we're so busy. We're so stressed. And this is such a crazy world that we lose sight of the very things that God has given us to be thankful for. I only ask that you take the time to be with God and to thank him for all the blessings you receive, beginning with breath. For he is the one that made it, and he is the one that can take it away. And enjoy your friends, your family, your loved ones. For Satan is trying to tear away every fiber that you have. We will soon begin the lessons, whether they be biblically or economically. A story or two. I love uh, listening and reading out of various books that have provided most invaluable information and a joke or two to add to, uh, to lighten up your day, especially with all the doom and gloom news. This program that I bring is not just economics and business and the possible failing of the government and of the dollar but it's also the good news that Christ will come and he'll take away the sin of the world. Be thankful for what you have. Count your blessings. Yeah, it's easy to say, but when you actually stop and look at it, a good friend of mine said, count your blessings, count your breaths. Be thankful that you woke up this morning and be thankful that you can sing and be happy. Or, as one man said, I'd rather be six feet above than six feet below. Let's begin with a little bit of humor. The following are actual church bulletin board bloopers found in the churches across the USA. I'll give you a few. Scouts are saving aluminum cans, bottles and other items to be recycled. Proceeds will be used to cripple children. (laughs) The outreach committee has enlisted 25 visitors to make calls on people who are not afflicted with any church. Wow. The pastor would appreciate it if the ladies of the congregation would lend him their electric girdles for the pancake breakfast next Sunday morning. That ought to be interesting. The audience is asked to remain seated until the end of the recession. (laughs) Good luck. The third verse of Blessed Assurance will be sung without musical accomplishment. A song fest was hell at the Methodist Church Wednesday. Today's sermon, How Much Can a Man Drink with Hymns from a Full Choir? (laughs) On a church bulletin during the minister's illness, God is good, or Hargraves is better. Potluck supper, prayer and medication to follow. How about this one? Don't let worry kill you. Let the church help. Uh, The pastor's on vacation. Massages can be given to the to the church secretary. All right, and finally, the pastor will preach his farewell message after which the choir will sing, break forth into joy. Uh, that's some good ones. Those are true. And I hope you enjoyed this from the bottom of the pile on our bloopers from the church. A trip down the lane, or 73 years ago, these were comments made in the year 1955. Tell you one thing, if things keep going the way they are, it's going to be impossible to buy a week's groceries for $20. Have you seen the new cars coming out next year? It won't be long before $2,000 will only buy a used one. If cigarettes keep going up in price, I'm going to quit. A quarter a pack is just ridiculous. Do you hear the post office is thinking about changing a dime just to mail them a letter? That's right, they're going to charge a dime. If they raise the minimum wage to one dollar, nobody will be able to hire outside help at the store. When I first started driving, who would have thought gas would someday cost $0.29 cent a gallon? Guess, we better, uh, guess we're better off leaving the car in the garage. Kids today are impossible. Those ducktail haircuts make it impossible to stay groomed. Next thing you know, boys will be wearing their hair as long as the girls. I'm afraid to send my kids to the movies anymore. Ever since they let that Clark Gable get by with saying, damn, in Gone with the Wind, it seems every new movie either has hell or damn in it. I read the other day where some scientist thinks it's possible to put a man on the moon by the end of the century. They even have some fellows they call astronauts preparing for it down in Texas. Did you see where some baseball player just signed a contract for seventy-five thousand dollars a year just to play ball? Wouldn't surprise me if someday they'll be that they'll be making more money than the president. I never thought I'd see the day all our kitchen appliances would be electronic. They're even now making electric typewriters. It's too bad things are so tough nowadays. I see where a few married women are having to work just to make ends meet. It won't be long before young couples are going to have to hire someone to watch their kids so they can both work. Marriage doesn't mean a thing anymore. Those Hollywood stars seem to be getting divorced at the drop of a hat. and I'm afraid the Volkswagen car is going to open the door to a whole lot of foreign business. Thank goodness I won't live to see the day when the government takes half our income in taxes. I sometimes wonder if we're electing the best people to Congress. The drive-in restaurant is convenient in nice weather, but I seriously doubt that it'll ever catch on. There's no sense going to Lincoln or Omaha anymore for a weekend. It costs nearly $15 a night to stay at a, ho- at a hotel. No one can afford to be sick anymore. At $35 a day in the hospital, that's too rich for my blood. And if they think I'm going to pay $0.50 cents for a haircut, forget it. And finally, this. If you put a crouton on your Sunday instead of a cherry, doesn't it count as a salad? Here's the lesson for today. And uh, I'll ask you to guess who said this. You cannot bring about prosperity by discouraging thrift. You cannot strengthen the weak by weakening the strong. You cannot help. The wage earner by pulling down the wage payer. You cannot further the brotherhood of man by encouraging class hatred. You cannot help the poor by destroying the rich. You cannot keep out of trouble by spending more than you earn. You cannot build character and courage by taking away man's initiative and independence. You cannot help men permanently by doing for them what they could and should do for themselves. Well, if you guessed Abraham Lincoln, you guessed right. Wonderful words and a wonderful lesson for today. Maybe if uh, you would pass this on to someone else and possibly let's pass it on to our Congress and our Senate and our president, I think these are wonderful words that pierce right to the many issues today that we could have completed and finished if we would only listen and learn. History does repeat itself. Today, I want to deviate from economics and uh, give a wonderful thanks to all the teachers of the world as we each recount from the time we went into elementary school up to college. The wonderful teachers who took the time to teach all of us, to give us uh, sound advice, to provide knowledge. The times where we sang the pledge, or we said the Pledge of Allegiance, and we sang Patriot songs. The times where we prayed in school. And now we look at our schools and their actual battlegrounds where if you uh, dropped an M-80 in the toilet, that was considered terrible. Today, it's carrying a gun in school, metal detectors. So I want to take you back to a couple of stories that I found. And... Think about this. This was back, I found this back in the 2000s, early 2000s. This is supposedly the message that the Pacific Palisades High School in California staff voted unanimously unanimously to record on their school telephone answering machine. Ah, yes, school answering machines. This came about because they implemented a policy requiring students and parents to be responsible for their children's absences and missing homework. The school and teachers are being sued by parents who want their children's failing grades changed to passing grades, even though those children were absent 15 to 30 times during the semester, and they didn't complete enough schoolwork to pass their classes. Now, here's the outgoing message. Hello, you've reached the automated answering service of your school. In order to assist you in connecting to the right staff member, please listen to all the options before making a selection. To lie about what your child, why your child is absent, press one. To make excuses for why your child did not do his work, press 2. To complain about what we do, press 3. To swear at staff members, press 4. To ask why you didn't get information that was already enclosed to your newsletter and several flyers mailed to you, press 5. If you want us to raise your child, press 6. If you want to reach out and touch, slap, or hit someone, press 7. To request another teacher for the third time this year, press 8. To complain about bus transportation, press 9. To complain about school lunches, press 0. Now, if you realize this is the real world and your child must be accountable and responsible for his or her own behavior, their classwork, their homework, and that it's not the teacher's fault for your child's lack of effort, hang up and have a nice day. If you want this in Spanish, you must be in the wrong country. Wow. That's amazing. And also this story. After being interviewed by the school administration, the prospective teacher said, Now, let me see if I've got this right. You want me to go into that room with all those kids, correct their disruptive behavior, observe them for signs of abuse, monitor their dress habits, censor their t-shirt messages, and instill in them a love for learning? You want me to check their backpacks? for weapons, wage war on drugs and sexually transmitted diseases and raise their sense of self-esteem and personal pride? You want me to teach them patriotism and good citizenship, sportsmanship and fair play and how to register to vote, balance a checkbook and apply for a job? You want me to check their heads for lice, recognize signs of antisocial behavior, and make sure that they'll all pass the final exams? You also want me to provide them with an equal education regardless of their handicaps and communicate regularly with their parents in English, Spanish, or any other language. or by letter, telephone, newsletter, and report card. Now, you want me to do all this with a piece of chalk, a blackboard, a bulletin board, a few books, a big smile, and a starting salary that qualifies me for food stamps? You want me to do all this, and then you tell me I can't pray? So well said. So well said. And we wonder why teachers are leaving massively in today's society and why the educations are going down, down, down. What a thankless job. And yet now we have baseball players that are making $350 million a year. Where's the balance? What is going on, America? Our teachers need help. And I guess many parents expect them to raise the children also. What was the parent's duty? Oh, there are there will be some parents that won't like what I say. And that's their thoughts and opinions. But the proof of the matter is as school teachers like this school teacher after being interviewed as taking on a thankless job for pennies on the dollar. Thank God for all teachers, past, present and future. And my prayers for each of you daily for what you do, what you've done and what you continue to do in today's society. Before we begin the Bible lesson, I do have a story to give to you, a story that's touched my heart, and I'm certainly very sure that it will touch yours. The story back in the 2000s I read was entitled $20 an hour. It was about a man that came home from work late again, tired and irritated, only to find his five-year-old son waiting for him at the door. Daddy, may I ask you a question? Yeah, sure, what is it? Daddy, how much money do you make an hour? What makes you ask such a thing? I just want to know. Please tell me, how much do you make an hour? Well, if you must know, I make $20 an hour. Oh, the little boy replied, head bowed. Looking up, he said, Daddy, may I borrow $10, please? Well, that irritated the father even more. If the only reason you wanted to know how much money I make is so you can buy a silly little toy or some other nonsense, then you march yourself straight up to your room and go to bed. Think about why you're being so selfish. I don't have time for such childish games. Well, the little boy quietly went to his room and shut the door. After an hour or so, the man had calmed down and started to think he may have been a little bit hard on his son. Maybe there was something he really needed to buy with that $10. And he really didn't ask for money very often. The man sheepishly went to the door of the little boy's room and opened the door. Are you asleep, son? No, Daddy, I'm awake. Well, I've been thinking maybe I was too hard on you earlier. It's been a long day and I took my aggravation out on you. Here's the $10 that you asked for. Well, the little boy straightened right up, beamed. Oh, thank you, Daddy, he yelled. Then reaching under his pillow, he pulled out some more crumpled up bills. The man, seeing that the boy had already had money, started to get irritated again. The little boy slowly counted out his money. Then he looked up at the man, his father. Why did you want more money if you already had some? The father grumbled. Dad, I didn't have enough. But now I do. You see, I have $20 now. Can Can I buy an hour of your time? Share some time with those who need you. They need our time more than we will ever know. I certainly hope that this has struck a nerve. It has in me. And it makes quite a statement. So let's pause a moment and turn to the Bible lesson. Turn with me to Matthew 18, one through six. This is in the NIV version. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. What a wonderful lesson that Jesus not only speaks about this in Matthew, but he also speaks about this in Mark 9.33 through 37 and Luke 9.46 through 48. The lesson is more than twofold. Yes, it does have to talk about how the disciples argue as to who would be the greatest. And let me give you a little bit of a uh, inflection onto this from the uh, NIV version. First off, if you look at um, verse 1 through 4, Jesus uses a child to help his self-centered disciples get the point. Someone as simple as a child to get the point. We're not to be childish like the disciples, arguing over petty issues, but rather childlike with humble and sincere hearts So the question is, are you childlike or childish? And in verse three and four, it says that the disciples had become so preoccupied with the organization of Jesus' earthly kingdom that they had lost sight of his divine purpose. Instead of seeking a place of service, they sought positions of advantage. And it's easy to lose our eternal perspective and compete for promotions or status In the church, it's difficult to identify with children, weak, independent people with no status or influence. And in verse 6, it says, Children are trusting by nature. Think about that. We're all trusting by nature, children. Correct. They trust adults, and through their trust, their capacity to trust God grows. God holds parents and other adults who influence young children accountable for how they affect these little ones and their ability to trust. Jesus warned that anyone who turns little children away from faith will receive severe punishment. Excuse me. In today's society, that is very, very clear. It is the great responsibility of a parent to raise a child. Proverbs speaks very highly of this, to raise up a child. We love our children very, very much. We brought them into the world. This is God's blessing to you and I. And as a lesson, we talked about $20 an hour. In the day of age of all of the problems that we face, all of the circumstances that we face, all of the pressures that we face. This little boy had to take $20 to buy an hour of his dad's time. Wow. Yes, stress is great in this day and age. There is no doubt. But I think the Bible speaks well when it says to basically stop and smell the roses. To give thanks for the blessings that you have, for the breath that you are given, for the good health that you're given, for the ability to see, to hear, to smell, for your senses, and for the ability to discern from what right is wrong. And to know that when you die, that you'll have eternity. The reassurance of God is greater than anything and all things, for he's the creator of all things, including you and I. I'm thankful to be a child of God, to be least in the kingdom. I hope you are too. And I hope the little lesson on $20 an hour, it's home, along with a little child. And to you abortionists out there, those that want to take life, and yet we're given life by the one creator, our prayers are with you each and every day. Please pass this on and understand that I do have a website, understandinggodslaws.com. I welcome your thoughts and your opinions. And I give thanks each day for the Lord above for what he gives to each of us. May God bless you in all your ways. And may you bless God in each and everything that he does for you.